Hi, my name's Alistair. Hi, my name's Cad, and this is Bampot Productions Podcast. Well, so, Alistair, mm-hmm. what's your fascination with chess? You seem to love it more than me nowadays. Boy. Is it the Queen's Gambit? Is this some obsession? Yeah, so I've heard that a lot of people are playing chess after the Queen's Gambit, mm-hmm. and with lockdown, I tried is to watch. you're doing it? I tried to watch the Queen's Gambit, but I thought it was terrible. Like I really didn't like it at all. You watched a few episodes. I saw you. Yeah, I think I watched the first three episodes or so, but just really bad. And then why did you think it was so terrible? I don't know. I didn't like. Just like too anything. slow. You didn't like the acting. What? No, I I quite like slow shows. I don't know what it was about the Queen's Gambit in particular. I I kind of. I guess I hoped there'd be more chess involved. But it was about her. It was about her. <laughs> well, I mean, she... Well, would and it I feel be more that, interesting that it's about her than it is about chess? No, because I think it's a kind of historic one. So it's kind of about, you know, as far as she goes, she's supposed to be a kind of troubled person, but she seems to yeah. handle her trouble really well, you know. Drug addiction, she's an orphan, she was abandoned. She, she didn't have a good um, start, but she was very good at playing chess. But it never causes her that much anguish or pain in the show um like she never I has... thought it did no i don't feel that i feel that she kind of just deals with it fine and like doesn't she have drug addiction problems yeah but though? it never affects her playing her game or succeeding or like her ability to form relationships seems to be comparable to anyone at that age like i, I just never saw her dealing too much with the it was like there were two separate worlds and i think also the fact that she was just like the best player and she never lost kind of made it sort of boring like she was just this like i mean there's like one russian guy that beats her and that's it and it's like this is kind of what like is it not based on fact though because i'm pretty sure it's based on a book and i was told the book was based on fact. no i think it's supposed to be about like a woman struggling in a male-dominated field and i guess right. that's a very historic theme because like we are living in a post-sexist society where <laughs> Women have parity with men. Oh my god! In what almost a every show. field. Listeners, he's just taking the piss. Oh, it's true. I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson recently, and I now understand that your face that men actually have it far worse than women, and we need to start defending our own rights in this world. I think a lot world. of men do. I just think collectively, men as a group have more power no because but i think a lot of men don't have a good life i think a lot of men don't jordan peterson told me that's to do with statistics you've got to understand statistics to understand the data and i don't understand statistics but he does so i know that he's telling the truth i wouldn't eat while we're doing the podcast i think we can hear the spoon chink okay i guess i'll do what i'm told for once well eat it then I just go ahead have a little look at the um bread i brought in i did it seems because you're a man and now you're into men's rights you think you can tell a woman what to do okay look i'll go quiet for the next 30 seconds well, and feminist. you can eat if you want oh, i'm kidding can you please not go quiet for 30 seconds that's it'll be like dead air i'll be left to talk on my own but you're good at talking oh no you talked <laughs> great so you're not into chess because of the queen's gambit no i was trying to explain crap no i was trying to explain the men have it far worse than women and what happens is as jordan peterson says the men who are succeeding and kind of you know creating a major part of i guess the ruling classes in all societies and countries are actually at the very extremes 
of certain personality traits like they're the ones that are less agreeable they're psychopathically driven and um, they will focus their whole lives on one or two little things they want to get good at and those are the people that tend to rise to the top in every profession and it's not that all men are there it's that only the people that exhibit the greatest proportion of those personality traits will be the ones at the top and even though the average of men and women will be roughly the same there's a small difference in how driven men and women are the people who get to the top are the people that are at the very end of that distribution of the average and because men have a slight shift in the average to favor those traits at the extremes they make up almost all of that population so what i'm saying is it's about 1% of men that are going to be there and every other man has to fight for their rights just like everyone else. And Jordan Peterson taught me that. Men's rights yeah. unite! Okay, well that's really interesting. I know. The original topic was chess. Uh, no, but I've you diverged. played chess on and on for years and it's just a little uh. thing I've picked up recently. I was in the Orkneys over summer and I played <laughs> uh, some chess up there with my family. Why are you talking uh, to me like you don't know me? I was in the Orkneys in the summer. I know you were in the or Orkneys in the summer. Oh, because you asked me why I'm playing chess and uh. there was an audience listening in. So I thought I'd explain it for their benefit. Bing. And given that I'm talking to you in a conversation, I thought that's how I would do it. How should I have said that? I think you said it fine. Okay, so. <laughs> so I played a bit of chess and just got into it a bit and been playing a wee bit online. I'm not playing that much, it's just, you know. You are playing quite a lot. You're chess obsessed. Hour, hour and a half a day overall? No, much more than that. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Time yourself. You've been playing this 24 7, you're obsessed. Yeah, you're that's not obsessed. quite true. I think you'll find it is quite true. Mm. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> what do we talk about now? Over to you, Mr. Hodge. So you've been reading the new humanist recently. Yes, I have. Which I thought would be an interesting one to talk about because you normally reference the times quite a bit in our podcast. I reference the times I do, but I don't know if you like me referencing the times. I didn't say I don't, I'm just saying you do it a like lot. That. So I'm, I'm telling you that I'll continue to do it a lot because even though you're a men's rights guy now, doesn't mean you can tell a woman what to do. That's great. I think it was. I think it's good that you reference the Times. I'm just saying it makes up ninety percent of your references. Might be nice to talk about the other publications you read. All right. Well, thank you for bringing me into the conversation, sir. So, did anything stand out at you in the latest issue of New Humanist? There is an interesting article. Tell me what a humanist is first. A humanist. Yeah. Um. How, how would you define a human? Oh, well, I know how to define a humanist. I don't know. Wait, isn't it someone? Wait, wait. Is it not? I know what it is. It's someone that believes in rational and logic. I think that's quite close. Isn't um, that it? Yeah. That's the definition, no? Um, that's the definition. No. No, is it not? Not the definition, okay. but I do think they're close. So what's the definition? Quite closely related to um, atheism, but I guess it's some like it's a, it's an ideology or a philosophical ideology that kind of places humans at the core of broader discussions. So, 
um, very basic stance. It's just humans are the centre of things like morality or society or... Um, yeah, I think mainly those things. But okay. Humanism. Did you not say you went to a humanist funeral once or am I... I know, sorry, I've got you mixed Did up I? with something. No, 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 you didn't. I, sorry, I don't I was, think I ever have. I was talking to someone else recently. It was a different different conversation I was having. Um, sorry, I didn't mix that up. With oh, you I can't imagine a humanist funeral would be any different to, like, your average so-called British funeral. Because wouldn't yeah. you? I mean, they could mm-hmm. get cremated or... Yeah, but majorly different in the emphasis, you know, in a normal... Yeah, in the speech, yeah. or the way they're talking, but I don't really think it would be that different in terms of the protocol. What, that people come to a place and then you dispose of a body? Yeah. Yeah, but that's not the main function of a funeral. The main it's function it's... of a funeral is to remember and... Is come... it? Yeah. That's what they want you to believe. It's a sort of societal... Community building. No, what I meant is that the process and the kind of like... It's a ditch and a dead body. It's no different. <laughs> First of all, I don't talk like that. That's not what I said. Okay. And you've twisted what I've said. I'm still trying to define humanism. You have twisted what I've said. Well, that is what you That's said. I'm ending this pod and I'm leaving. No, don't end it. Okay. Okay, so continue with what you were saying, sir. Uh, no, I think... Like once again, humanism puts the people, like humans, at the like the core of it. So, in a normal traditional funeral, you'll have a lot of references to God and the person's soul and coming together and letting Jesus into your life and marriage and shit like that. Um, whereas, yeah, if it's humanist, then it's more based on the person and the people in the room. Like you don't even reference the idea that there's another God or a soul. Like, humans are at the core. In churches, often they just tend to talk about the person as well. Though, to be fair, they don't. That's fine. Look, you're going to be able to find many aspects of a funeral that don't reference God, even in a, a church. However, the overall purpose of a funeral in a traditional church is to send the person's soul off to heaven. Like. It is a religious ceremony. But I don't think a lot of people in church often nowadays really think about it in that way. I completely agree, but that's still the point of it. And I'm still, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're saying there's no difference between a humanist and a mm-hmm. Christian funeral. Mm-hmm. You're right, there are differences, Mr. Yeah, Watson. thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for defining humanist and for putting me in the spot and asking me. Well, just you start reading. Why do you, you always ask me questions that only you know the answer to, Hodge? No, I didn't. That seems odd. It's almost like you want to one up me. I didn't know that at all. Um, I thought because you were reading the new humanist that you might have a good understanding of what humanism was. Well, I just find the articles interesting. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really take much to do with the. Uh, ideology or the concept I have no idea that you wouldn't know what humanist is <laughs> you're like yeah my mother and I'm into men's rights so just to say I actually um, googled the humanism what after I asked move. you what <laughs> I, I thought you did I thought just you did just to make that. sure I had it spawn <laughs> and then you make how then like you like turn and go you're wrong yeah so anyway any articles so anyway, back to the take news. your interest here the new threat is sex workers. So, sorry, just say any articles that you'd like to discuss. The new threat to sex workers? Okay. Should I not have said that? No, I was joking. Why did you... What? Should, should I not have said that? No, but okay. Like, so I'm confused now. At the very know. start of the podcast, we both had a little thing where we were both trying to get our words in and we both did a thing with our fingers, like, waggling okay. at each other. So I was just trying to do that in a more overt way, but then you referenced it, so it made it more difficult. Uh-huh. 
No. So, sorry, sex workers are... A new threat to sex workers. Who? For some reason. Is it Kyle? Who's <laughs> Kyle? First of all, who's Kyle? Secondly, do I know him? I, I bet it's Kyle. Sorry, what were you, you it's tell me about your... Tyrone. <laughs> oh god, you brought a racial element into it. You're the one that said it. Tyrone could be a name for any man of any skin colour. You could be called Tyrone. Okay, so if a I asked... in the south of Scotland. Yeah, so if I asked 100 people on the street to imagine a guy named Kyle and then imagine <laughs> a guy named Tyrone... <laughs> I think you'll find that the, um, most people would imagine a racial disparity there. I think only if you're in the US, I think if you're outside of the US, the world is colorblind. I'm colorblind. Nah, I'm not. <laughs> Literally, and in terms of race, I'm not colorblind. Did I ever show you that? Um, sorry, very quiet. I do want to hear that. I was going to sound interesting, well, but it's a very, it's a, it was a clip on, um, it's on YouTube. I don't remember the, the context of it, but it was a radio show and it was a female presenter. It was kind of a, 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 you know, in America, they've got incredibly local radio stations. Mm -hmm. So quite small areas of the city will be dealt. So it was, you know, for a predominantly black community, black radio show, um, you know, I, I think kind of largely black owned and whatnot. But anyway, very, very kind of um, black in its sort of outlook and what it was doing. And this black woman who was presenting the show was having a debate about race or something with like a politician, like a local politician or something. And like the the radio presenter keeps talking about how, you know, the person on the phone call, the politician, has benefited from a racist society. That and like after five minutes of being told that he was part of the problem, that he was being supported by a white supremacist system, the politician's like, "You don't know I'm black, don't you?" And the woman's like, "Oh shit!" Oh, because it was radio, so that she yeah could... yeah. But didn't she know from the sound of the voice? He had a very, I guess maybe he was taught to talk like that in politics. More generic. I don't know, but he sounded very generic. Like, yeah. wait, who was the black guy? Was he a politician? I think so. I may have some of this context wrong, but I think he was like a local politician. And, and... she was from the KKK. No, no, no. She was a black radio presenter. And then why was she talking about white supremacists though? She was saying that he had been benefited. He his he owes his political career to being supported by a racist pro white society, which in general is very true. White people will find it much easier to get elected to hold these but positions. She didn't know he was black. But she didn't know he was black before by the, the way, interview. He was talking because yeah. in radio you. But wait, he wasn't in the same studio as her. No, no, it was a call in type thing. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so she starts calling him out and like benefiting from her race and she's, he's just so like, what happens after I am black myself, you know. <laughs> so did that just end the conversation? Like, so... I forget. I think that. So actually, what did she say after she found out? It, it wasn't a very aggressive interview. I think they were both fairly cordial and they were both trying to discuss issues in, in what seemed to be a productive way. Um, I think they moved on quite quickly to like it's a fun kind of gotcha moment and it's kind of interesting but it's not like that interest like it, you know as far as the debate goes it's not that interesting it doesn't tell you that much I think they both just moved on from it and got back to the discussion <laughs> yeah it's a bit because like he just cut her off when she was in this total tangent it sounds right. like okay so sorry we just keep going from here to here yeah on the new threat to sex workers. Mm. There are banks in the US which are clamping down on adult entertainment websites. I've seen some of that, yeah. Um, 
So I don't know whether suddenly they're going to champion so-called conservative causes because the last time I checked, checked the banking system was neutral. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't know what's going on there in the US, but I know that they've now targeted OnlyFans, but OnlyFans has said no because they've realised... Ninety <coughs> percent yeah, of right. the people that are on OnlyFans is not. Well, you can deem it as artistic, but it's not. Shall we say, spaghetti paintings? No, is spaghetti paintings artistic? Are it not was when I was a child. Pasta collages. Pasta <laughs> collages. I Sorry, call them spaghetti painting. I made pasta collages as a kid. I've never heard of a spaghetti. Wait, is there actually a specific thing you do with spaghetti? I thought that was a term, oh, but okay. I've never heard, but but pasta collage sounds really awesome. So maybe it is a term or maybe it's its own thing. I don't know. I've just, <laughs> I just want to feel like you cook it and maybe do someone's hair with the spaghetti or something. <laughs> I don't know, but pasta collage sounds awesome. Yeah. So, so to get back to the point. The sorry. first sorry area i saw in terms of this was um pornhub i think they were the ones that got the f- like they were the first ones i remember reading about were told that um the payment processors were going to reduce like to stop accepting payments from them so like you know card payments and stuff unless they like got rid of something like 99% of the content on their site or something. But that's I'm, not possible. That would be all the content. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I have no idea. So how did it, they do that? I, I think they did do a large culling process, I think, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, why are the companies suddenly, like, why are the credit card companies and banking companies suddenly beginning to do this? It seems a bit odd. I don't know. I, I think why there is. Why so sudden and why now? I think there is growing interest in society about a lot of kind of. I, I think for me, the only thing that really makes sense is that it's tied into um, more of the kind of social justice warrior type of thing. So. Being woke. Uh, being woke. I, I think there is quite rightly a large push against, you know, um, racism, racial abuse, sexual exploitation, things like Me Too and whatnot. And I suspect that they're just trying to um, get ahead of the game in some of these issues. I think um, online pornography is filled with, um, you know, uh, yeah, sexual exploitation, abuse, human trafficking. Um, obviously not all of it, and it will be a minority, but at the worst end, yeah, there's a lot of that there. So I think that's the thing. They don't... They don't like these payment processors don't want to be enabling people to make money from, say, transporting someone from some part of the world and kind of forcing them to perform sort of thing. That's a huge part of it, but there's also a huge part that isn't. And I don't really know no, how the majority of it banking isn't. processors would be yeah. able to tell that. So, so I what... mean, bad stuff going on is a huge part of it, but there's also a huge part that isn't. Mm-hmm. Although some women will tell you that it's all bad, but that's obviously kind of their perspective and their opinion. Because I knew a lot of girls that would say, oh, the women, they're being like objectified. But if the woman consents to it and she makes money, then yeah. she's objectifying herself. Um, I think that's a, a very, like, I think academically, you can argue that point. I think it's an absolutely fine point to argue. I do think that feminism lost the porn wars in the 80s and early 90s it was the start of kind of third wave feminism where 
people started giving up on this idea of sort of grand narratives, like big ideas that feminism should be kind of inclusive to all people and that all women should identify with feminism. Um, they kind of couldn't have their own perspectives. <clears throat> they gave up on that and they went for this kind of third way attitude where it was all an individual kind of postmodern idea that it's all an individual interpretation and everyone's unique and well some women might want to watch porn so that's okay for them and other women won't and there's no there's no inherent moral argument here um i think feminism gave that up you know three decades ago <laughs> their position on on that so um I think it's a very good argument to make. I think it should continue to be made, but there's a long way back before I think feminism can kind of say that's something that's calling for. Um, plus, a lot of women watch pornography. Um, yeah. In fact, it's catching up with men as well. Like I saw, I think, some statistics recently that... Uh... Nah, I'm not even going to try and guess that. I can't remember, but it's, it's huge. It's about... Um, it's about the regularity so um, most people almost all men and women kind of watch pornography at some point or occasionally but when you get to like say once a week once a fortnight kind of numbers um i think like 80 percent of men watch it that and 60 percent of women watch it that regularly so like it is catching up like it's not just a kind of male dominated i guess entertainment um but yeah uh to say the I think the issue with this in particular is to say you can talk about the kind of morality of whether pornography itself is okay, but the issue is I think I play the the worst kinds where um people are being genuinely exploited. Um oh, yeah. And not genuinely as in some people but I mean like you know, at the worst possible ways, like people being trafficked for this or people being forced to perform. Um Although I thought normally with sex trafficking they tended to just end up in brothels as opposed to being like doing porn. Um I, think I it, thought they end up in brothels more or is that not the case? I don't know. I think it can be a mixture. I think especially uh, at something like the pandemic, which is when this set uh, off, you can imagine it being more and um, but also a lot of women doing like say live performances. So if you have a woman that's in a brothel, say, and she's been trafficked there and you know, there'll be various degrees of coercion to keep them there, but a woman that realistically can't go do something else or leave, um, you know, if they're not making money in the brothel, the people that brought her in may force her to have sex on camera with someone to yeah. try and get some money out of it. Um, I think that's very right. And I think actually these companies really should have done more. I don't think this is an attempt to delete like, I don't think the payment processors are trying to remove pornography completely. I think the issue is that the the content providers, so say Pornhub, OnlyFans, whoever else, I think they just haven't cared about editing this and trying to cut that out recently. So they have no process or they have very little process in place to keep people safe. And because of that, when the payment processor said, you need to cut out... Um, exploitation otherwise they started to try to cut out exploitation but they had no way to determine what was and wasn't mm. exploitation so they just had to do a blanket ban on everything like that was the thing uh -huh. um yeah because how <laughs> could you know yeah well there are ways to do it like uh, i mean how would you know that so with pornhub what Especially they did the sheer amount of stuff but with pornhub what they did was they said i mean there'll always be someone able to get through it. it's not about getting rid of it completely but what they i 
I'm not 100% sure about this, but I think the way it works is with Pornhub, you could be a verified member. So a lot of women would set up accounts. Um, they would verify themselves with ID checks and whatnot. And then they would post and you know make money or whatever. Um, but also people could post anonymously to the site or people could post without verifying who they were. Those people couldn't make money off of their content, but they could upload it. And I think that type of content was very hard to determine what wasn't, wasn't abuse. Um, so when Pornhub did their blanket ban, they banned all of the unverified content. So they left, everyone that had been verified was left, their content was allowed up. Um, however, it was the people that hadn't verified <laughs> the content um, that had everything deleted. So it looked like it was really big, but it's just... These... So the verification was the defining tool of how yeah. they proceeded. Bummer if you didn't verify. And I think with only, <laughs> yeah, and I think with OnlyFans, um, the issue seems to be that um, they have no idea of telling who on the site or not on the site is um, what would you say, um, yeah, being abused or not. So they said they would just delete everything. I suspect what's happened behind the scenes is they probably said, look, we're going to work really hard. We're going to bring in new processes to help weed out. You know, bad content, um, <coughs> excuse me, or abusive content. Um, but like with Pornhub, they could delete you know all of that and still have a viable website because they still had the stuff they left, which was you know the verified thing. So I guess that works. You know, I think OnlyFans said was it that they're going to get rid of all adult content point blank it's like that's i don't know what percentage of their site that is but i mean it's got to be in the 90s like 90 plus percent like well there's no sign then yeah it's hardly content yeah so i think they 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 had no choice i don't think like they they have to fight this and take the risk yeah. because like it's guaranteed suicide if if not i i'm a bit amazed that these payment processors have this level of power over businesses are these american payment processing banks i think because so. that goes through banks so are these american banks as opposed to other banks in other countries because i assume that this only applies to the u.s because i thought pornhub and OnlyFans were american-based companies no. Oh, no way i think they're canadian Pornhub's can most of these are canadian actually so they... how do the american banks have so much scope on it then well they determine payment processing throughout the world like they are the financial standard you know visa and mastercard are accepted in yeah and they're single u.s right com country well. But I'm amazed at how much power they actually have over this and it's difficult to it's criticize them because the fight they're taking at the moment is pretty good. Um and it's quite right that, you know, people shouldn't be trafficked or abused for someone else to make money off of it. Well, so of course not. You can't really argue against what they're doing here, but But why in this suddenly case, why yeah. why now and why have they taken the battle against Adult entertainment when they never really had an issue before, cause like it's a, I mean you know, these institutions are supposed to be neutral. Yeah. I mean I'm pretty sure that sexual abuse and trafficking will happen regardless of what they're doing. Wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Cause like I said, I'm sure the majority of women that are sexually trafficked are, just are put into brothels. Like I don't think. They're forced into, uh, like, okay, you're like, right, there might be some content 
that does get online, but I thought the majority wasn't. I don't know enough about it. Like, this is just my kind of opinion. I don't know enough about it. But yeah. Suddenly we've all gone quiet. Dead air. I just was just giving you a chance to come back there because I thought um, I talked a bit. I mean, I don't... What is OnlyFans going to do? Because they're just taking the stance and they're saying we're, we're not backing down. But what if they don't get what they want? Then will they need to back down? I haven't read up on this in the last few days. I'm not sure what's happening there. But, I mean, if the payment processors decide to ban it, then um, the site will go down. They may have a backlash as well, though, from people. Um, well, it's a tricky one. I mean, OF wasn't created originally to be adult entertainment, was it? I thought it was supposed to be artistic. It was, yeah. It was just a like, kind of like Patreon type thing, where people can went... just get paid for, you know, content that they make and, you know. The people that were making the most money were kind of adult creators, and to be honest, it's a pretty good thing overall. Like that, I think women and men within this industry are in charge of their their own, you know, capacity to make money. Um, There's less kind of exposure to abuse. I I think so. Like if they yeah if they. As long as they're genuinely not being coerced yeah. into it and it's something they're choosing to do, like for women that want to go into that as a line of work, um, far better that they have control over their own kind of content, they own the copyright to it, they can make money off of it rather than, say, um, you know, big production companies or, or whatever. Um, yeah, it does at least in theory, give a lot of power mm. to the individual to control kind of sexual content and what they do. And, uh, you know, surely you can argue that's feminist in a way. Surely you could argue that if a woman yep. you know, feels empowered and is independent, you could argue... I think you can make I mean, that argument. Could, I mean, some I'm not saying I agree with it completely, but you can like, make oh, that they're argument. Being, like objectified, but some women objectify themselves. As I say, <coughs> feminism largely gave up um, having a position on this um, in the late eighties, early nineties, when they agreed that it was kind of personal choice. So, I think you can be a feminist and very clearly argue for that just now because um, I met a French girl and she told me oh no it's wrong it's still happening and I was like but mm -hmm. like I said I put forth the viewpoint some women objectify themselves and they do it of their own free will and she went it's internalized sexism and I'm like well that's your opinion you don't know what's going on in their heads and why they do it you can make that argument. Um, I think both arguments can be made. Like she you'll never know what's going what on. What it actually meant either internalized sexism. So your sex is against yourself or your own sex. Is that what that means? Because she couldn't really explain it. No. I remember she was speaking in a second language, so probably harder to <laughs> argue. Her English was really good. Okay, though. fair dues. She was doing a PhD here. Okay, that's fine. So that's her English, and she still couldn't explain to me. So can you explain it? I, no, I, I think, um, I, I don't really take a huge position on it. I, I think it's, um, internalized sexism is definitely a thing. Um, however, we all suffer from it, um, which I, I guess is what 
the point she's making there, but I guess just because the decision's based off of... I don't know. I think if anyone ever makes a, a decision in life, it's always multifaceted. Like, there's lots of different things contributing to those decisions. So if someone chooses to go into sex work, you know, you, you could never argue that 100% of that decision has come from internalised sexism. I think you can argue that a percentage of it will come from that. Um, but, you know, for everyone, it's going to be a different mixture of different things. Um, some people want to go in because they find it fun or interesting. Some people will do it because they need the money. And while there is an overt coercion, like somebody pulling them, like physically making them do it, for some people it will be very close to that because it's just they need the cash. That's what they do. Um, and there will be every reason in between. Um I think internalised sexism will make up a part of the decision-making, but, yeah, never the whole thing, so I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I think I do know. Mm. I know that it's the end. Of the of podcast. This pod. Yeah. <laughs> Not the end. Not the but end. But it's the end of the podcast. Okay, well, listeners, I hope we have grabbed your attention and hopefully... Um, we continue this conversation tomorrow. Bye from... Ali. Bye from Cat. Bye from Ali Cat and Pop <coughs> Productions Podcast. And check out, um, is it our Twitter at Bampot Productions? At Bampot Pod. At Bampot Pod Productions. No, just... <coughs> what? At Bampot Pod. At Bampot Pod. That's it. That's it. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>